Purdue fans, this is Johnny DeCamp bringing you play-by-play -play the Rousey. Everybody, Rousey. along with Ron Kramer, this is Pete Van Weeren welcoming you to ross Aid Stadium. Live from ross Aid Stadium in West Lafayette, Indiana. It's a football Saturday in West Lafayette, Indiana, and one of the biggest home games in decades. Boilermakers rush the field. What a night in West Lafayette. Your Central Indiana Ford dealers are a proud sponsor of Purdue Football in the Raw Sage Greatest Games podcast. Visit your local Central Indiana Ford dealer today. Welcome back to the Raw Sage Greatest Games podcast. I'm Corey Palm with Tim Newton, the voice of the Boilermakers, as we uh, continue to count down the greatest games in the history of Raw Sage Stadium as it celebrates its 100th year. Tim, uh, like we always open the show with a few a few notes. Uh, we're, we're trying to list these in chronological order instead of rank ordering them. Um, so that sort of explains a little bit about what we're doing here. And, and also, we're running out of time to, to get all the greatest games. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to. Uh, but we are going to talk about today's game. It is, uh, it's very significant from a historical, like world history perspective. And uh, uh, without further ado, it is September 4th, 2021, uh, Purdue versus Oregon State. Um, before we get into that night, and that it's it's worth remembering, 2018 is is sort of the last in our chronological order. Mm. Uh, a, a, a very good. Everybody's feeling great about Purdue football, right? Right. Right. Music City Bowl. Yep. We were there. Um, 2019, we sign a big recruiting class. We get George Karloftis, who's going to join us later today. Right, right. We get David Bell. Right. Great class coming in, um, and. and that season does not unfold like everybody thought it would. No, it was a mass unit season. Uh, I've never seen a team, I don't think in the 40-some years I've been covering Purdue football, that was as decimated by injuries. And from really from the beginning of the season, yeah. it wasn't like, hey, everything got backloaded at the end. It was right from the very beginning. And if there was one play that typified the entire season, it was the play against Minnesota where you lost Elijah Sindelar and Rondale Moore on season-ending injuries on the same play. It was unbelievable, almost like like truly, not just we say it's unbelievable, that's truly hard yeah, to believe yeah. that that happened. It did. Um, so 2019 feels kind of like a lost season yes. for a lot of reasons. Uh, 2020 was absolutely a lost season for pandemic reasons. Uh, uh, memories from that yeah, year. It will forever be known as the asterisk season because really your ability to compete on a week-to-week -week basis was who tested positive for COVID and yeah. who didn't. Uh, it was a bizarre season for us in the media because we were at the games, at least the football games, bas a lot of basketball games we did remotely that year. But the football games were different because and when the when the game was going on, it was the same. You know, you really didn't recognize. It was during the timeouts when the stadium was pretty much empty and pretty much quiet that yeah. you really – and players told me that. They would look around during the timeouts, and, and you had the cardboard cutouts. You had a few of those and maybe a couple hundred people in the stands, and that was it. So at 2020, and Purdue won its first two games that year, but yep. then lost its last four. So you had – the injury-riddled season of 19, you had the COVID season of 2020. So a lot of people, 2021 becomes a little bit of a make-or-break year to see which direction this thing is going to go. It really does, and a tough challenge coming in with Oregon State, uh, a tough Pac-12 opponent who the Boilermakers – don't have a lot of history against, but the, the history we do have Not against is, is really bad. <laughs> uh, so 54,000 people show up mm -hmm. for that game. There was a lot of questions going in. The, the pandemic's still technically still yeah, going on. Yeah. A lot of 
a lot of regulations had been lifted. Um, we'd all kind of settled into a certain reality, but a full house, or, uh, for all intents and purposes, mm-hmm. a full house. It was a, an overcast night. It was a bit misty, kind of almost rain, but not quite rain. Yeah. A weird feel to the stadium, but also completely electric in in a way I haven't felt very often. It was one of those, you kind of looked around that night and you think, is this okay? Are, are we okay to do this now? Because a lot of people still were were not coming out of their houses and a lot of people were still reluctant to go out in public at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I think a lot of people were ready uh, to celebrate and to play football and to be at football games. And so... Uh, yeah, the crowd that was there that night was pretty vocal, as I remember. It sure was. And uh, what they saw, well, I, I, they were vocal because it was the first time in a year that they'd been able to cheer. Yes. Really, yes. truly been able to let loose with yeah. you know support for their Boilermakers in a public way. And uh, and they they sure did. Uh, game got off to a bit of a slow start. Mm-hmm. Oregon State took. Yeah, flying thud. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, right, they exactly. They take the opening kickoff and go down and score. <laughs> they go down and score. They get on the board early. Um, the Boilermakers answer back with a touchdown late in the first quarter with uh, Xander Horvath yep. uh, pushing it across. 11-yard touchdown run, actually. So it's 7-7 after one. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes a uh, special teams exhibition for the next that's couple right, quarters. That's right. Mitchell Finneran hits three straight field goals to make the score 16-7. Uh, and you're thinking pretty low-scoring game, season opener. And all of a sudden, the fourth quarter, the floodgates opened on both sides. They sure did. Uh, Oregon State wasted no time. Less than two minutes into the fourth quarter, they find the end zone to make it. 16 14, mm-hmm. and uh, the Boilermakers go three and out. Yes. Now it's Oregon State ball, down by two, a lot of momentum. Purdue hasn't found the end zone since the first quarter, right, right. and uh, that included one red zone field goal mm-hmm. early in the third. So it was. It was a lot of momentum on the side of Oregon State, and they found themselves up against decision time, uh, fourth and two from their own 39, about halfway through the fourth quarter, down two. Yes. Whoa, baby. Was that the play of the game? Maybe the play of the season? Yes, it was. It was. You're expecting a run. They need two yards. Right. Purdue is expecting a run as well. They, they've they packed a lot of a lot of bodies toward the box. It's play action pass. And nearly everybody bites. Mm-hmm. Um, quarterback Chance Nolan, I believe, drops back and lofts a perfect 35-yard pass right down the middle of the field. It is a, a oh crap moment for the ages until Corey Trice mm-hmm. uh, shows great closing speed, uses every inch of his six foot two frame and bats away a down or bats away the ball. Turnover on downs, right. huge momentum swing back to the boy. You know the one thing about Corey Trice that we know he great closing speed, but his arms and legs just went on forever. It's crazy. Um, I don't know what his actual exact height is, but his wingspan is about twenty five feet. It seemed like, uh, and yeah, he made a great great play. Uh, when the ball went up in the air, you're thinking this could be a touchdown. This mm-hmm. could be a, this could be the game. And and they, like we mentioned at the top of this, you don't know which way this season's going to go. And if this season starts keeps going down the slide. All of a sudden, you're back to some pretty dark days. So yeah. that was a – you could say maybe one of the biggest plays of the 2021 season was that play by Corey Trice. I could, could I totally agree. The Boilermakers, six plays to, to find the end zone again, yeah. get back on top 23-14. Oregon State's not done. Nope. <laughs> Less than two minutes there in the end zone, and, yeah. and it's back to a two-point game. Yeah. And then it's a case with can, can Purdue run out the clock and they get the ball up near midfield. First of all, they took a penalty to start the drive, so they're first and 15, but then David Bell makes a catch, as always, gets the ball up to about the 40, 45-yard line. Purdue gets it eventually around midfield, and it's third down and two, and you're wondering, you know, 
the history of Purdue football in short yardage situations is probably not great. And I was thinking as we were doing the game, I think they need to throw the football here because Oregon State brought everybody up into the box. And sure enough, they weren't expecting Payne Durham to kind of sneak out. And he does. And he is just, it's just a matter of whether uh, Plummer can get the ball to him. And he does. And it's it's a touchdown game over. Maybe the easiest 50-yard touchdown yeah. ever because, yeah. yeah, Payne was 10 yards behind everybody. Uh, I actually went back and counted. They had all 11 guys within four yards of the line of scrimmage yeah. On, yeah. on that snap. Just unbelievable. Uh, the Boilermakers take it 30-21. to 21, And uh, like you said, you know, it sort of really set the season on the right trajectory. Yeah. Uh, we all remember 2021 for the upsets that mm -hmm. came later. Yeah. But I wouldn't call that win of Oregon State an upset, but, but boy, was it vital. It was an important one. Yeah. And the game, as, as we've talked about, hinges on two fourth and two plays. Oregon State doesn't make its. Purdue makes its fourth and two conversion, wins the game. And, and then you start to feel, okay, maybe things are going to get back to normal. And and sure enough, Purdue winds up winning, what, nine games in 2021? Nine games, including yeah. uh, two top five wins at Iowa and then against Michigan State. A uh, little spoiler alert, we are desperately hoping to get either, well, one of our two current NFL players <laughs> on top of George uh, to talk about that Michigan State game. So stay tuned. We'll hopefully have David or Aiden uh, to, to bring to you in future weeks. But... But, yeah, uh, a, a great season and then capped off with another Music City Bowl that, that we're a all – much better memory this time. A yeah. lot happier to talk about. Maybe the – probably the wildest football game I've ever done. Yes. Uh, I can tell you I was the most exhausted after that game because it was, first of all, it was a marathon, but just so many ups and downs in that fourth quarter and roller coaster rides. And um, it's one that Purdue fans, you'll always remember where you watched the game and where you were. And if, hopefully if you were at the game, you, you enjoyed it. Uh, it was – it was quite a night, especially given the bad experience we had in Nashville in 2018. This this, uh, this kind of set things back on the right path. Definitely. Nine-win seasons are uh, are a rare commodity in yeah. Purdue football history, yeah. and that was one of them. Um, any any further final thoughts on this game? No, it was just, as, as you talked about, it was a bizarre feeling coming into the night because, again, it was the first game post-COVID. Full full house at Ross Aid Stadium. It's a night game, so that's always going to add to the atmosphere a little bit. A little bit of a mist, yeah. so it's got that London fog kind of yeah. feel to it. Um, but a great football game. I mean, as we've seen in the last couple of years, Oregon State has established itself, and uh, we're going to be heading back to Corvallis next year for the return trip. Mm. Uh, so it it was a great. It was quite a night and quite a quite a finish for the football team. One uh, one other man that I can't wait to hear his take on the night. George Karloftis, Super Bowl champion joins us after the break. Your Central Indiana Ford dealers are a proud sponsor of Purdue football. Visit your local Central Indiana Ford dealer today. Joined now by Super Bowl champion George Karloftis. Uh, George, really appreciate you making some time uh, on, your, on your weekend back here on campus. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for uh, having me on. So we're talking about the uh, 2021 season opener yeah. uh, versus Oregon State. What do you remember about that night, uh, sort of sort of that game? There was like a lot of buildup, you know, because that was kind of a highly anticipated season from us. You know, we had, we had guys on both sides of the ball that had something to prove coming off of a lackluster uh, COVID year and even more so that 2019 season. So, um, you know, we, we had some to prove as a team, and we knew we had a good opponent in Oregon State, you know, uh, and it was, it was going to be a good game. I remember, 
you know, coming back because the year before it was COVID and no fans. So you see the, we did the player walk and all that stuff. And you get almost kind of emotional because it was pretty cool. And there was a, a lot of emotions. It was raining. We had to wear our seven studs and all that stuff. So uh, it was, that was an awesome, awesome, awesome game. What was it like during that COVID year when you look up in the stands and I don't know, maybe he had a couple hundred people, but they right. had the cardboard cutouts? It's weird. It's yeah. weird. It was weird. Uh, not just for us, for everyone really in, in, in football and in really in the world. It was a really weird year where a lot, a lot of stuff happened, but you kind of just roll with the punches. Yeah. And, and we talked about it. Um, during the game itself, you really didn't notice it because you're so locked in. It was during the timeouts. Oh, yeah. When there's nobody oh, yeah. in the stands and you're looking around and this just seems very strange. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm with you. It was it was it was weird. It was yeah, weird. Yeah. Well, it was quite a game. Uh, the the Oregon State game. Uh, you had to have uh, Payne Durham uh, kind of clinched it for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You talked about the the, the buildup on that. How did that game winning that game really set you up to go into a nine win season? Just like you said, I mean, that was kind of the the starting point. You know, we. Like, all right, we got we got some here. Then we went on the road against the uh, Connecticut, right? Yeah, yep. Connecticut, and then we had a good game. You know, tough tough matchup against Notre Dame for sure. But yeah, uh, yeah just kind of set the stage for everything else. So you uh, you were a part of the sort of a really important class of, mm-hmm. of recruits when you came on campus in uh, 2019. Um, for it to take, you know, like you said, you mentioned the 19. 2020 was what it was for for that third year for things to really kind of blossom for everything how 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 important was that for you personally i mean well i'm a jeff brown guy right so i remember in 2016 2017 you know jeff you know coach brown he called me he's like hey i want you to to spearhead this thing you know i want you to to lead this thing and we had a special class and that kind of started things you know two nine yeah, two nine win seasons yeah. back to back. That doesn't happen very often at Purdue. So that was, uh, you know, hopefully that's a springboard for great things to come in the future. But uh, you know, that, that was a special class. You know, it started with, you know, Coach Brown having the vision and everybody kind of coming together and you know trying to create something great here. You you have a lot of family here in town, <laughs> and, and you had the pull of Coach Brown, but you had some of the blue bloods of college football coming after yes. you. How hard was it to say no to some of those folks? It was tough. It was tough, <laughs> you know. And you know, I was in uh, in Purdue's backyard, you know. But the other other teams did make it tough. You know, I think at the end of the day, it was about my relationship with Coach Brom and the whole staff. Really, um, you know, Coach Holt, Kevin Wolthausen was here, so we had a great relationship with all those people, and they they just recruited their tails off, you know. And just like all right, I, I trust these guys. I want to go to Purdue. I already kind of knew that, but uh, just kind of dabble with what if you know what if this happens and you're just like you know you just got to go trust your gut that's what i did and uh i feel like it turned out pretty well yeah what's it like to be a uh <clears throat> a great defensive player on a team that's known for offense <laughs> <laughs> i mean you know that's kind of with the, with the kansas city chiefs you know that's something we yes. talk about amongst <laughs> ourselves as a defense it's like well you know, to, to motivate us, the coaches will be like, well, do you guys just want to be known for offense? So that that's kind of a motivational factor. And, you know, I feel like last year that was kind of the story, but I feel like this year we've done uh, we've done our part as a unit, you know, to to pick up when the offense is lacking and, and vice versa too. You know, that's kind of what happens. It's when great teams, you know, that's what happens when the offense is lacking a little bit, defense picks it up. And then the other way around, and you got to have great special teams play at all times. So, 
Um, yeah, that's kind of a motivating factor when you when someone's like, yeah, you know, you play. It's almost like when someone's like, yeah, you play football at a basketball school. It's like you don't want to be. It's kind of like that. <laughs> that's true. That's true. If you can compare the two. Um, so you know what? It's it's at the, at the end of the day, it's just about the wins and losses. We, we sort of saw that here a little bit, too, in 2021 with, with you guys. I mean, the defensive performance at Iowa was fantastic. The, defens- the, the defensive performance against Kenneth Walker in that MSU game yeah. was unbelievable. He was a Heisman frontrunner coming in, and you guys made him pretty quiet that day. So we, we maybe Brahms' teams were known for offense, but you guys really showed right. out. Right, absolutely. Absolutely. I kind of – you used to that, you know, having a, a great offense and then defense, like, oh, you guys got to do some, and then you pick it up. I think that's when, when you really see that that consistent team success is when you have an offense that could they could always handle its own, and then you got a defense that's like, all right, like these are some dudes. So, um, yeah, I kind of took that with me from Purdue. I didn't like just being like, you know, on your guys' offense, so great, you know, like Rod Elmore, David Bell. But, Defense, <laughs> they play too. Yeah, you know. Yeah. You know so uh, that's always a motivating factor for 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 me as a defender, but also for my time at Purdue and now even on the Chiefs. What's it like to be George Karloftis walking those streets of Kansas City after you win a Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Do you get recognized a lot? Yeah, I get recognized a lot. Uh, probably a lot here in West Lafayette. <laughs> Got to be a little careful, I guess, but. Uh, you know, it's uh, when you win a Super Bowl, life changes. You know, it's uh, it sounds cliche. People talk about it, but even like in the show, you guys brought a Super Bowl champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then you may mention my name. So, uh, s- stuff changes, and that comes with respect. But you know, it's better than winning one; it's winning two back to back. You know, that's what we're trying to do this year. What was it like? I mean, I, I, do you normally get nervous for football games? Uh, almost every one. You know, you, you get nervous, you get butterflies, you know, the excitement, you get the, in a rhythm after that first series and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, you get, now as a year two player, you get more confidence and, and everything. You know, you've seen stuff, you're a professional, you've had an off season to digest and all that stuff. And uh, you get some kind of a consistency and a rhythm and that, that creates a confidence. Too. Yeah. What makes you a, such a good fit for what you guys are doing in KC? Well, uh, from from top down, from Coach Reed, the Hunt family, they always talk about you know you got to be a good person. I think that's why it's a people business at the end of the day at, at any level. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it is bringing together like-minded individuals. You know, you have people coming from different backgrounds, different walks of life, different religions, ethnicities, races, all that kind of stuff. But at the end of the day, we're we're like-minded in the fact that we're there for business, we're there for football, and we're there to win. Uh, and do it the right way, yeah. quite honestly. You know, that's something that Coach Brown preached at Purdue. You know, just working your tail off, doing doing things the right way. You know, do what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it, the way it's supposed to be done, and do it that way every time. I think that's a uh, Joe Tiller quote that mm-hmm. my defensive line coach, Mark Hagan, used to use all the time. So, you know, you, know, you get that ingrained, that that becomes DNA, and then you get multiple guys that can do that, and you can have a pretty scary outfit. I have to ask, do you guys play a lot of Taylor Swift in the locker room now? <laughs> no, no. You know, when you have a, a guy like Travis and he's, you know, personality the way he is, you know, it's like you have you have that kind of respect to where it's like you don't 
You just treat it like any, yeah. other, any other person. Uh, when yeah. you got a guy like him, like Patrick Mahomes, you said that they get a lot of attention. Does that does that take attention. pressure off you guys? Yeah. No, it doesn't. You know, I remember the 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 first my first day in the facility. Those guys made a point to come up to me, introduce themselves, just like they were anyone else. It's not like they're big shots or anything like. You never get that that sense from them. Um, I think that's kind of where it starts. You know, when your leaders are doing stuff like that, when the best players in the world that are part of your locker room are doing stuff like that, it sets an example, uh, and that, that trickles down. That's awesome. I, I was going to ask the, the obligatory Taylor Swift question, too. My 11-year-old would be disappointed if I didn't ask if you've, if you've met her or what she like. Yeah, we got, we got a chance to meet her. Um, no, she's, she's a good, good person, good human being. Down to earth. That's cool. She's awesome. That's cool. How proud are you are, uh, of, of what Yanni's been doing this year? I'm really proud of her. You know, it's been through lots of ups and downs. You know, he hadn't really played up until this year since the senior year of high school. He battled injuries yeah. and just a bunch of crap, you know, that, that you'd never want to see someone go through. He was itching. He's dying to get back on the field. And, you know, now to get a shot and to, to perform well uh, through the ups and downs of the season, you know, I'm really proud of him. And he, I think he's got a, a bunch of great things going how uh, how often has your family been able to come down and see you play in Kansas City since you since you went there? Well, it's tough when uh, <laughs> when my youngest plays at West Lafayette and Yanni plays at Purdue, and right. they're both here, and I'm seven hours away by yeah. car. Yeah. Um, you know, they, any chance they can, they come. Yeah, you know, that's been that's been the thing. They were all able to come to the Super Bowl, and you know, whenever there's a the opportunity pre- presents itself, they're they're able to come. Yeah. That's good. As the youngest of three, I would have been like, you know what? I'm not going to a game unless it's the Super Bowl. So get, get there again, and we'll be we'll, we'll be good. Too, yeah, that's true. That's true, George. Uh, it, do you make it back often? I, I know this is it's a little different because, like, for every Purdue football alum, this is home. But like for you, this is home. Do you get do you get back often? To a certain extent, you know. I was went to high school here, went to college here. You know, I'm. I'm from Greece, man. That's yeah, well, that's a good, so, good point. Good uh, point. I'd probably say between here and Greece, you know, I'm back two, three times a year here, two, three times a, great, a, a year back to Greece. I don't get a bunch of time off, you know. True, yeah. When I when I do, I try to come back, yeah. Well, we love having you back here this yeah, weekend. It's awesome, man. Just, uh, I'm going to go to my little brother's game tonight. That'll be my first game. Wow. Being able to watch him, uh, you know, be a starter and all that kind of stuff. So I'm excited and getting able to do the whole deal that I'm going to do tomorrow. And, yep. you know, I'll be wearing my brother's jersey, which will be awesome. And uh, I'm just really excited, really excited, you know, just to not have anything to do this weekend, just to be able to enjoy my uh, family. Where do you keep the Super Bowl ring? Well, it's at my house in an undisclosed. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll, I have it here Under lock and key. I have, it, I have it here with me. Okay. Also, right. undisclosed. I love that you're wearing your brother's jersey tomorrow. You get you get a chance to be a fan, an yeah, exactly. older brother fan. Just, just, just be able to enjoy him and just be proud. Of him. Good thing your youngest brother won last week. Yeah. You know. That's why I told him. Big look, comeback. Big yeah. comeback for the Red Devils. Better, better win. Okay. I just, I'm really happy. Enjoy it. Appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. Guys. Thank you. Thanks.